It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Wednesday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Great to have you with us on the show this afternoon. No need to remind you that the cost of living has gone through the roof. And I notice it myself going shopping each week now. I would say that, you know, anywhere between 40, 50 and 60 euro, the prices have increased. And I think it's anecdotally the same for an awful lot of people that I know. The prices are way up. I'm joined on the line by somebody we actually love on late lunch for many years now. She lives and shops here in the northeast, and she's the food and cost of living columnist with the Irish Examiner. Katrina Redmond, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. And it's lovely to talk to you again today. I'm not off the mark there when I say to you, are you hearing this too? Like talking to friends and that we're talking about 40, 50, 60 euro a week. The shop has gone up. It has. It has increased a good bit. And certainly since January, there has been a spike again in the food shop. And I think that, you know, this time last year, we were facing down the nose of the Ukrainian war and and how it was going to impact on food prices and the price of oil and the price of the likes of sunflower oil and food, etc. And everybody expected that we'd have an increase in the cost of food. And we, we weathered it over the summer and we got into the autumn and prices started to creep up and people hoped that that was it. But unfortunately, there has been another spike in the prices. It's still actually related to January, February, March last year. Um, The main reason being that the bigger producers, when they negotiated their prices with the supermarkets, they negotiate them months and months and months in advance. So last year, when prices started to climb, they went to the supermarkets and asked for a big hike and the supermarkets pushed back. Um, And it's not often I would say the supermarkets acted on behalf of us the people who do the shopping every week, but actually they did. So they pushed back on the producers and said, look, the people who shop with us are never going to agree to to pay this amount of a price increase. So can you increase it for a smaller amount now? And then we'll look at it again in the new year. And that's what has happened. So, so it's a knock-on effect of the price increases from last year. Now, is it underpinned? Because I have to say this, if you look at the fuel pumps, uh, you know, fuel for cars is dropping, home heating oil, the price of electricity and gas has eased as well. And people are seeing that. And yet they see foodstuffs up, up, up. So the price of electricity and gas is a tricky one because it's stabilised, but it hasn't gone down. Mm. So we are historically paying quite a good bit more, in some cases almost double what we were paying this time last year. So 
So that electricity, that energy still has to go. You know, electricity and gas still has to go to producing our food. Whatever about the cost of diesel and, and, and petrol, which is how the food is transported to the supermarkets, the, the cost of electricity and gas is really having an effect on the cost of the food that we're buying at the moment. OK, so that is still underpinning it. The other thing is, and I know you and I were talking about this uh, yesterday, um, the weather uh, on continental Europe when it comes to fruit and veg, where we get a lot of stuff from during the winter and springtime before, you know, our own stuff here, as you know, comes on stream. That has had an impact and will have another impact given what's happened this spring. It will. So this time last year, it's actually... Last spring, they had a horrendous harvest. They had a number of floods. They had really poor weather and their harvest was badly affected. And they lost quite a good chunk of the harvest, which then meant that we were paying more for our fresh fruits and vegetables, like tomatoes and peppers and stuff like that. But it has happened again this year. And if you think about it, you kind of say, right, well, the cost of tomatoes and pepper and the quality of what we're getting isn't great at the moment. But there's a further effect because... Those tomatoes, those peppers, those onions, they're all used to make um, ambient products. So they're products that we keep on our shelves that last for much longer. So you're talking the likes of tins of tomatoes, tubs of beans. You're talking, um, you're talking all of the, the longer life food is being made from this produce. And when they have a poor harvest, that drives the price up on our longer life food as well. So a combination of factors. Are we at a peak? What's your sense for this? Have we peaked? Is it, will it fall back? And, and does prices ever go backwards? I don't think that the prices are going to go backwards rapidly. I don't think that they're going to go backwards very much, if at all, to be very honest with you. And there's, there's another factor here that we haven't discussed, but sure it's in the news today, and that's the ECB, the interest rates. Um, and it feels weird to be talking about that when you're talking about food costs. But finance makes the world go round and that's how, you know, businesses pay for expansion, you know, take care of things. So while the cost of finance remains high, uh, plus the cost of production remains high, I think we have to prepare ourselves for a higher cost of food. Now, historically in Ireland, we have not paid a huge amount in the context of what our earnings are for the cost of food. We we would pay, in compared to the rest of Europe, we'd pay much less for food as a proportion of our weekly earnings compared to maybe Italy or Germany. So so the higher food prices maybe reflect a little bit more what the actual cost of producing food is. But that's not much help to no. those of us or anybody who's struggling mm. or people who have, you know, committed their money and now they have to try and find more money to pay to put food on the table. And that's not much help to anybody who's really stuck at the moment. No, and it may be a balancing out, as you say, but it's it's on the ground each week that people are feeling it. There's a message coming to us. If you want to comment on the cost of your shopping or the price of food, we'd love to hear from you. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me now. How much is your shopping bill gone up uh, in the last 12 months? or so 086-1800-658 there's a gentleman on to me says I have six daughters myself and my wife and I'm the only one working tell me about it Jerry. you can feel that just there you know that's a, yeah. a difficult one for, the, for that man there who's been in touch with us look then let's try and turn our attention to what people can do to mitigate these high prices I want to ask you this first which supermarket is the cheapest or is there much between them all at the moment the big ones there is 
very little difference between all of the big ones at the moment in terms of price. In terms of quality, some of them are better than others at the moment. But when it comes to, you know, your weekly shots, so long as you're not buying the big brand name. So if you're buying own brand, if you're buying fruits and vegetables, if you're buying, you know, regular food, not the big brand names, then you're going to find that the price is the same no matter where you go. So then the question is, which is going to be the cheapest for you? Um, my take on it is that the cheapest supermarket for you is the one that is closest to you because you don't have to drive to get there. Interesting. So that's what it's down to now. As you say, about the basic brands, they're all the same, you're basically saying, for milk and the essentials and things like that. Then when you go beyond that, you know, the prices, uh, are, there's a bit of a differential. So you're really saying closest to you, go there and shop no matter what, who that is. Yeah, I mean, unless you have a particular reason that you want to go to a particular supermarket, the likes of Tesco, Super Value and Dunn stores all have their loyalty card scheme. So you've got the Tesco Club card, you've got Real Rewards with Super Value and then you've got the Value Club card with Dunn stores. So each of them have different reasons, you know, for maybe enticing you back. But, but generally the discounts tend to be tied into like the bigger brand names. They're not tied into, you know, your regular state. So, so that being the case, hop in the car or go for a walk and go to the one that's closest to you because it's going to save you time and time is money. There's Tanya on to me from Dundalk. Afternoon, Tanya. Thanks for your message. We both work and our food bill has doubled. To us, Dunn Store seems to be the best with the 10 off 50, she says. Yeah, Dunn Stores is really, really good. And if you're both working, the delivery service is actually excellent. Plus, you don't need to worry about whether you've, you've accrued enough points to get your €10 Euro off of 50 because it happens automatically when you do an online shop. What do you make of the Tesco prices where there's a high price and then if you have your club card, there's a lower price? I'm sceptical and I'm a big Tesco fan and customer. Well, it's interesting because over in the UK at the moment, they're interesting Tesco Club Card Plus. And it'll be interesting to see if they launch it over here in Ireland. And that means that you pay £15 a month and you get guaranteed delivery slots and you get an additional discount on top of your Club Card discount. So it'll be interesting to see if they launch that over here. For now... Um, it really is driving people to being a member of the Tesco Club Card scheme so that you can get those really decent discounts. But even at that, I personally find, for what I want to buy, Tesco is on the more expensive side. Okay, that's uh, interesting indeed. Now, let's try and save people a few, Bob. Um, what about the uh, the stores, let me say, international cuisine stores? You know what I'm talking about, where you can buy uh, exotic foods and more besides your rices, your pastas, your sauces, things like that. Can you save money there? Absolutely, you can. So, first off, the likes of all of the dried staples, so your tinned goods and your, your dried beans and your spices, Super, like really good value and excellent quality as well. Well, I'd argue even better quality than what you get off the supermarket shelves. But it's not just that. It's if you're trying to save on money and maybe you're used to having a takeaway every now and again, you can get the ingredients that you'd usually get, you know, from the takeaway. You can get those in the international supermarket and then lash it together between the air fryer and the oven and then serve yourself up an absolutely beautiful dish for half or even a third of the price of what you'd pay to get it from the takeaway. So there's there's two reasons for you to want to go to an international market. The third one then I find is the fresh ingredients. So some of the fresh ingredients 
you can find different ingredients that you might not necessarily be able to get in the supermarket, the likes of fresh turmeric, really good quality ginger, decent garlic, loads, a wide variety of different fruits and vegetables that are not what you'd classically expect to get in Ireland. So I recommend checking out your local international food store. For example, even down to like dried goods, I buy a 1.5 kilogram bag of popcorn kernels because I make popcorn for the kids for their snacks. So a 1.5 kilogram bag last time I bought it was seven euro. Now that might sound like a lot, but that gives me enough popcorn for the kids for months and I can make it at home. And it's the only place where I can get this big size bag. And I've experienced it with the rice, I have to say. The rice you can buy, I love basmati, all types of rice as well. Certainly if you bulk buy from those stores, you're going to make huge savings, as you said. Now what about uh, the farmer on the side of the road? There's a very famous one on the way out to Julianstown. And I have to say, I go there, the bags of potatoes are wonderful. There's veg, there's eggs. Surely there's big savings to be made uh, if you go along to roadsides to men and women like that who are out selling direct from the farm. Not only are there great savings to be made, but you're going to be you're going to be supporting your local businesses and your local farms. When you go to buy local produce in the local supermarket, it's great, it's convenient, it's handy, and you go to get it all in one place. But what's going to happen is the, the farmer gives it to the supermarket, and the farmer doesn't get the price that's on the shelf. You go and you buy from the farmer directly; the farmer gets all of that money. And the other thing you'll notice as well is that in the supermarkets they have a produce standard. So. You know, for the likes of tomatoes, they need to be a certain shape and, mm. and not squishy in places. Um, carrots, the same. They need to be very kind of straight in shape and very few blemishes. But if you go to your local farmer, you can buy whatever he has produced off of the field on that day. And yes, the quality might not be exactly the same in terms of appearance, but in terms of flavour, just as good, if not better. And you pay less. I couldn't agree with you more. That shape thing and being exact, give me a break on that. You don't need it at all. It's the it's the quality of the produce afterwards. And that's the thing I noticed at times, and I'm not singling out anybody. I think you alluded to it a moment ago. Some of the fruits, especially strawberries, raspberries, things like that, when you bring them home, they don't last. And, and, and that's an interesting one that you've mentioned, fruit and strawberries, because keep an eye out over the next month or so, Clark's in Stamullen yes. will open their factory shop mm. and you'll be able to buy chips. Like, And when I say chips, you're talking two and a half kilos of strawberries that won't make it to the supermarket, but they're perfect for eating at home and perfect for making jams. So this is the kind of thing that you want to keep an eye out for. And then the other thing as well is to use your local butcher. Your local butcher is the man or the woman the person who will know what cut is cheaper, how you can make it stretch and how to give you a cut of meat that will meet your budget as opposed to buying something off of the shelf that you may or may not know how to use. So I always recommend going to your local butcher and seeing what they have in stock. Absolutely. The butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, all local. I'm with you there all the way. Some, plenty of comment coming to us. Keep them coming. If you've noticed a jump in price, a jump in your bill, anything specific, if you can save anybody money, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Super Value Johnstown just noticed, Jerry. Large sliced white pan two weeks ago, 250. Today, 289, 30, 39 cents. So, so for, for that person, it's, it's, it is, it is, it is, difficult but what I'm going to suggest is that you buy two small it'll work out cheaper
Ah, there's a tip for you. Hi, Jerry. I'm a big fan of Aldi yogurt. Was 49 cent. Listen to this. Don't fall off the chair, Katrina. 95 cent from 49. That's a huge swipe, isn't it? It is. The cost of producing dairy has really, really gone up. And the other factor that I don't think I mentioned as well is the cost of transport. While the cost of, of fuel has gone down, there aren't as many HGV drivers in the country as there used to be. So it's, so it's much more difficult to transport trucks and tankers around the country now. So that has impacted on the cost. That's an interesting one. Uh, Jerry. Uh, just listening to you there, just want to tell you a little story. At Easter, I bought an Easter bunny egg in a local store. I then went to Tesco and saw the exact same chocolate bunny. It was €5 Euro full price, three fifty with the club card. But I was actually after paying three fifty for the same bunny in the local store. Yeah. No. And you see, Tesco can set whatever price they want. So it's an, it's called an invitation to treat. So they can set whatever price they want. And you only have to pay it when you get to the till. And then that's your contract of sale. So they can say that that's the price. Um, mm. and, and the discounted price for a customer. So, so, you know, it is really a case of do your research. If you had the time, you'd sit down and you'd take a look at all the supermarket websites and figure out where the best special offers are, what you want to do. But, but unfortunately, I don't know very many people who have that time. Yes. I do it every week because of my job. Mm. But even at that, I still find myself going to the closest supermarket because, honestly, I just don't have the energy. Mm. Finally, just before we finish, farmers markets. There was always felt it was a premium when you went there, and understandable. The local producers and it's really good, organic, and proper food you're getting. Where do they stand? Do you believe in this whole food conundrum? Oh, well, I believe that you can definitely get value in farmers markets. Likewise, from from vegetable subscription boxes. I know there's a number of farms in the local area are doing like a veg box full of seasonal veg. The key thing is that you're buying in season. So when you buy Irish produce in season, you're going to save money. If you're looking to be going to to farmer's market and buying a bunch of bananas, you're not going to save money. Bananas aren't produced in Ireland. Mm. But like at the moment, I mean, we've got fantastic broccoli, brassicas, salad leaves, Irish tomatoes are coming back back in in, in stock. Um, It just literally in the last couple of weeks strawberries are coming back in as well so as they become much more flush in in the in in the um, supermarket shelves and in the farmers markets you can definitely get savings there Katrina Redmond you are a star reader in the Irish examiner her food and cost of living column it's brilliant thank you very much for joining Thanks, us again Jerry, today take care. take care yourself bye bye food for thought there for sure The Kinhans brought to you by the Irish Sun follows the 40-year story of Ireland's most feared crime family. They're building their lives on the bones of our children. It's just wrong. You think it's an exaggeration till you see the CCTV. And you see this well-armed, well-disciplined group of people coming in with Kalashnikovs. And you realise at that stage, things will never be the same again. This is, this is a milestone. Brought to you by the Irish Sun. Listen to the Kinahans wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, the Irish Sun newspaper today released the first episode of a new Irish true crime nine-part podcast series called The Kinahans, which tells the story of Ireland's most feared crime family. Hosted by the Irish Sun's Damien Lee, it features many contributors, including top guardian and relatives of victims of the Hutch-Kinahan feud that claimed 18 lives. 
Stephen Breen is crime editor with the Irish Sun and he's a significant contributor to the podcast too and he joins me now as the podcast goes live. This couldn't be more timely, could it, with the recent acquittal of Jerry the Monk Hutch for the murder of David Byrne at the Regency Hotel in February 2016. And I know you're really familiar with this aspect of the hutch Kinahan feud. Can we step back for a moment to what kicked all of this off, the murder of Gary Hutch in Marbella in 2015? He'd been thick as thieves with the Kinahan for years. So why was he killed by his former associates? Yeah, I think it's important for your listeners to remember that in 2008, the Spanish police initiated an investigation in cooperation with the Gardaí and the Dutch police in relation to the Kinahan Organised Crime Group. And they were concerned about the level of influence that the Kinahan Organised Crime Group, who they classed as the Irish Mafia, were having in southern Spain because in 2008, uh, Paddy Doyle, a Kinahan enforcer, had been shot dead uh, by the gang. And there were concerns that the group was bringing in lots of shipments of drugs, weapons, and also killing people too. But at that time, when they were conducting surveillance on the gang, they classified Gary Hutch as Daniel Kinahan's best friend, as second in command to Daniel Kinahan uh, in the Costa del Sol. So, and it showed that Gary Hutch had a senior uh, position within the organization also showed that Gary Hutch was best friends with Freddie Thompson, a very senior, uh, significant player in the Kinnan organisation, and they were living together and socialising together. So Gary Hutch had, had a key role. Gary Hutch was also the nephew of Jerry the Monk Hutch, who was a very uh, notorious figure within organised crime in Ireland o- over the last 30 years. But, you know, like all these criminal organisations, um, paranoia often creeps in, and Gary Hutch had invested money that he earned from his own criminal enterprises in, in a, a number of uh, raids and with the Kinahan organization because at that time the Spanish had identified that they had a lot of uh, money laundering initiatives underway such as property in Liechtenstein and Brazil and Cyprus and in other uh, different countries. So Gary Hutch invested the money. He, As the years went by he didn't see any returns on the money and he, he kept putting pressure on Daniel Kinahan in, in 2014 and was asking about where is, is his money, where are the profits. And when they didn't emerge, uh, Gary Hutch recruited a hitman to try and kill Daniel Kinahan outside his apartment in Marbella in 2014. That failed uh, because an innocent boxer who, who Kinahan was, was representing at the time, Jimmy Moore, was shot and seriously injured. So that led to Kinahan then um, obviously uh, taking action against Gary Hutch and a number of meetings were held between the, the Hutch family and the Kinahan representatives in the hope that some kind of truce could be agreed. Compensation was then paid to Daniel Kinahan over that shooting, but the suspicion by the guards is that Kinahan reneged on that deal that they had secured with the Hutch family and Gary Hutch was shot dead in September 2015. And that kicked off the feud that has claimed 18 lives subsequently. Come on then to the hit at the uh, hotel in Dublin and what happened at the Regency in February 2016. Were the Kinnans that naive that they could just go there with this boxing event and perhaps not expect something to happen? I think there was certainly an arrogance there um, among uh, the Kinnahan organisation. During that boxing weigh-in, you had people like Daniel Kinnahan there, you had people like Liam Byrne and Sean McGovern, who have all been named in the High Court as senior Kinnahan players. They were all present. Um, You also had, uh, in uh, November 2015, you had an attempt by the Hutch gang to target two senior members of the Kinnahan organisation, but that ultimately failed. So 
Obviously, there was an arrogance there. Daniel Kinahan felt safe uh, to be in Dublin at that time. We also know that in the week leading up to the Regency, you had Daniel Kinahan trying to arrange a meeting uh, with Jerry Hutch. Um, obviously, he would have been concerned because he would have known the capabilities that the Hutch faction had. He would have known Jerry Hutch's long-standing association with, with organised crime. And in the week before the Regency, Kinahan had, had tried to speak to Eddie Hutch to facilitate a meeting with Jerry Hutch, but Jerry Hutch by that stage had, had believed that the feud had gone too far, and so there was no meeting. And then obviously, just a few days later, the Hutch uh, hit team stormed into the Regency and, and shot dead uh, David Byrne, but obviously their target at that time in during that criminal enterprise was uh, Daniel Kinahan, but he escaped. Had they killed Daniel Kinahan, now this is pure conjecture at this stage, would that have made a difference to what kicked off subsequently and all those lives that were lost? Obviously people would say that Daniel Kinahan has led this feud because he's someone who has a huge ego and someone who has the capabilities and the resources to recruit people to the organisation to wage war on the Hutch faction. I even think if he had been murdered that day, obviously the, the, the group would have been somewhat uh, struggling to, to, to get people to their ranks. But, you know, you're dealing with his, his father as well, Christy uh, the Dapper Don Kinahan, his younger brother Christopher, you know, both named as senior figures within this criminal organisation. So I don't think they would have let that go. And I think there would have been still further bloodshed because you did have other people like Freddie Thompson, who is now serving life for murder, but he had been down this road before. He was involved in the Crumlin Drimna feud. So obviously it would have impacted on the organisation because uh, the belief was that Daniel Kennan was de facto leader of the organisation in place of his father. But I don't think his father would have let that go and would have insisted on the organisation waging war against the Hutch uh, organisation, their associates and indeed uh, their family members. Let's have a listen to an excerpt from the podcast. And here we have a mother from the Tala area of Dublin called Annette, who lost her son to drugs. Yes, he was a heroin addict. Let's hear what she has to say. I'll never forget the ice, these eyelashes. Because obviously it's been in a freezer. And you're looking at this child that you loved so much, that you tried so hard to save time and time again. And it's all over. There's nothing you can do for him. And I have to tell these two outside that their brother is gone. It's difficult to listen to that poor woman, Stephen, isn't it? So Annette is just a normal uh, mother from uh, Tala in, in southwest Dublin. She's someone who um, has been quite vocal in her opposition to drugs. Um, the reason that she did speak out um, against the criminal organisations who are bringing drugs into Ireland is because she lost her son. Um, to heroin addiction and she's blaming the, the criminal gangs who bring the drugs into the country um, for, for having a, a, a contributing factor to her son uh, losing his life and um, she speaks very uh, poignantly she, she speaks very well and um, about her son she's clearly someone who uh, is grieving for the loss of her son but you know obviously she's, she's looked into this and she is blaming, you know, the, the criminal organisations who profit, as she says, from people's misery. And there were so many other innocent victims, too, who lost their lives in this feud. It was it, it, terrible when you, when you just look at it in pure numbers-wise and those who were injured, etc. You know, you, you have to think about the innocent people in this. Obviously, the Kinahan cartel didn't care about who got in their way. For them, it was all about revenge, paranoia, and obviously money and power. But... You know, when you look at Martin O'Rourke, a 24-year-old father of three 
who was just going about his daily business that day when a Kinahan hitman was dispatched to the north inner city to target a Hutch associate. That Kinahan hitman opened fire, and in when he did open fire in a reckless manner, Martin O'Rourke was shot and killed, and leaving behind these three young children, leaving behind a, a partner and a very uh, grieving family. They were completely devastated. I interviewed them a few times, and they were just heartbroken that an innocent person could be caught up in this mayhem. And then, of course, you, know, you, you have to think about and remember Trevor O'Neill. Trevor O'Neill was on holiday with his family, his kids as well. They were just going about any... Uh, uh, any activity that any other family would do. They happened to be walking on the same street that a, uh, a member of the Hutch family was also walking on, and the Kinahan sent the hitman to Spain to target him. The hitman opened fire, of course, missed his target, and shot dead Trevor O'Neill. And I remember interviewing Trevor's widow, and she said, I don't have to tell my children what happened to their father because they were there, they witnessed it. And it's just heartbreaking to think that innocent people could be caught up in this. And then you go to December, 2016, Noel Kerwin just shot in front of his partner uh, just a few days before Christmas and during a court case of someone connected to the guy and that, the court heard that the only reason he was shot is because he was photographed beside Jerry Hutch at the funeral of Eddie Hutch. So lots of innocent lives caught up in this. It took time for the Gardaí to get to grips with this and they eventually jailed so many. It appears now that the feud is at an end. But Stephen, is it over? Is the feud over? Is it finished? Is it done with? I remember speaking to a former assistant commissioner, Pat Leahy, who said his belief is that this feud will never be over. Obviously, there haven't been any people killed uh, since uh, 2018. The, the Garda National Drugs and Organised Crime Bureau have done a fantastic job in dismantling various subcells who were recruited by the Kinahan cartel to target members of the Hutch crime group and also uh, anyone associated with uh, the, the Hutch family. And we have over 70 members of the Kinahan group now behind bars. People are, are also serving uh, time for murder, for participating in an organised crime gang, but uh, for directing the activities of an organised crime gang. But it also shows that despite the successes, that there are still you know, young people out there, and, and this could pass to a generation where someone who was young at the time when a, when a loved one was killed may seek revenge in the future. Um, and obviously the, the Kinahan cartel are very toxic now because you have the, the Americans um, issuing the $5 million rewards for information. So will, will criminals want to you know, uh, take up their offers of, of work to target the Hutches? So it is, um, it, the North Inner City is in a better place now and I spoke to a few independent councillors there as well, he would say that, but there's still a concern that someone, you know, could pick up a gun at any time and it could kick off again. But, but thankfully that hasn't happened for the last five years. And of course, Jerry Hutch is a free man now. Who knows where he goes or what follows him? Jerry Hutch could go anywhere. He's a free man. He still has his own passport. He has connections to the, the Costa del Sol. He has connections to Lanzarote. And even in December 2015 in, in Lanzarote, the, he, he uh, cheated death when, when to Kinahan. Uh, contract killers were sent there to, to kill him, but he has connections to the north, he has connections to the UK, and indeed across Europe. Uh, so you know, he, he could really uh, do what he wants. Obviously, he's very cunning and he, he's very intelligent and shrewd, so it's it, it's up to him what his next move is. Does he feel safer in Dublin because of the recent successes that the guards have had against it, the Kinahan cartel hit teams? Or will he feel safer um, in Spain? So really, it's his decision, but we all keep a close eye on it. 
Stephen Breen, crime editor with the Irish Sun. Thank you so much for joining me on this day when the podcast goes live. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks for your time. Yes, episode one of the Kinnahins, a new Irish true crime podcast, goes live this very day. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts or on Spotify or Apple. A nine-part series not to be missed. The Kinnahins, brought to you by the Irish Sun, follows the 40-year story of Ireland's most feared crime family. They're building their lives on the bones of our children. It's just wrong. You, you think it's an exaggeration till you see the CCTV. And you see this well-armed, well-disciplined group of people coming in with Kalashnikovs. And you realise at that stage, things will never be the same again. This is, this is a milestone. Brought to you by the Irish Sun. Listen to the Kinahans wherever you get your podcasts. Lannis Morissette and Ironic and your late lunch this Wednesday afternoon. Fair irony there from a listener. Three shops in the Meath area. In one of the shops, the product costs €3.99. In, that's in Navin. In Athboy, €4.06. And in Beliver, €4.50. So a 51 cent difference for the same product across three shops. There's certainly an irony in that for sure, Louise. Isn't that those three prices? Quite mm. a differential. And that's what we're hearing, you know. But Unless anyway. some of it's very old stock. Well, I'd say. Well, you don't know what it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. We don't know what the product is, but that could be the, the only explanation for it. But there's quite a difference there in the prices for sure. Thank you to everybody. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. He's been in touch with about the cost of shopping this afternoon. Night's night. Isn't it? Oh, why did you mention it? Date with destiny. A date with destiny. Who will you be cheering for? Ah, <laughs> oh, for the love of God. <laughs> well, you brought in a bloody blue shirt. I'm wearing the Man City colours today, me jumper. That's because I found it on the floor this morning. I'll be absolutely <laughs> honest with you. On the chair. But uh, it'll be red all the way tonight for me. Yes, the Gooners go to Manchester tonight. I honestly, do you want me to tell you honestly what's going to happen? Yeah. Manchester City will win the game comfortably. 
They'll oh. win comfortably. They will, honestly. Let's. I'm, I'm talking with my head here. Mm. My heart says Arsenal will surprise the world and go there and win. That's only me old heart. We should be talking with your heart if you're a you know lifelong supporter. Go with that. We'll go Arsenal. We'll Arsenal to win. Tune it two one. <laughs> oh Louise, if only Arsenal I could to win. roll the clock on and you were right. I don't know. Look, it's a big, big game, and I think it will decide probably be a title decider. Even though Arsenal have very tough games to come still, and I honestly feel Manchester City are capable of winning all their games. But Arsenal have blown it the last few weeks. Three draws in a row, leading two nil, two nil. We're just setting the scene. Do you think so? Yeah. Keeping us on the edge of our seats. False sense of security. <gasps> now you're, now you're, yeah. now, now you oh, listen, I feel, I feel it welling <laughs> up me now. I feel the confidence building. You've just done it with a word or two there for this evening. Anyway, the Wednesday club, it's ironic. It's on the Wednesday club night. The boys are going out earlier. Well, I've sent a message around the WhatsApp group to tell them a bit earlier this evening, folks. Um, anyway. You'll be wearing your jersey, Arsenal colours. With your baseball hat and your... <laughs> Do you have one of those fans? You know, those click-to-click fans? No, I know what you're talking about. What would they call? Rattles. Rattles, yeah. But there's a name on them. There is a special name. What would they call? <laughs> the things that they used to go... <laughs> like that when you... Yeah. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> what are those things that they... Oh, you know well, you have four of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm none of them. But I remember them years ago. People used to uh, cl- there's a cl- yeah. clack clackers. No, what were they called? Oh, anyone help us? You remember the things they used to clappers? No, what, what were they was called? It clappers? No, clackers. I thought no. Did I say clackers? Uh, there's a name on them, and that's not right either. That they used to have at football matches, and they'd wear them mm. round. Everyone would have them in the crowd, and they'd be spinning, and you'd hear that were coming off the ground. What were they mm. called? Oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight by WhatsApp or text. There is somebody out there that knows and will tell us in, in a moment for sure. Anyway, tonight I won't have one of them. Will I put on the shirt? I'm not so sure. Why? Um. Because I'm, I'm not really in. You know the way you see people wearing the club shorts and that. Mm. I have a couple of Arsenal shorts, of course I have, and I wear them when I go over to the match of that. In when I'm in the Emirates Stadium or when I used to go to Highbury, I was in Highbury a few times as well. But uh, wearing them to the pub is not really my scene. And to be honest with you, we're under a jumper, so you're wearing it. Nobody sees it. And then I'll tear the jumper off if they score. Yeah, go Superman. And charge <laughs> up the middle of the pub and trip and fall and smash my head off. And you'll be saying tomorrow, guess what happened to him last night at the Arsenal game? <laughs> you wore the jersey. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, and you know the thing about it. Uh, the, the thing about it, it's the hold on a minute. It, it's not the corn. Somebody said it's yeah. It sounds like a corn crake. That thing that they used to have at the football matches. It does. You're on the money there. It sounded like though that thing that people spun around. What were they called? I'll think of it in a minute. Anyway, Claxton. No, I'm wrong there. Claxton's a different thing altogether. What do you call it? Um, now I've lost my train of thought completely. <laughs> you were about to say something very serious. Oh, was I? Yeah. Very serious, mm-hmm. was it? Really, really serious. Mm-hmm. Was I Was I, uh, Was I? I indeed? Oh, yeah. What, yes, what I was saying was this. I know what I was going to say. I follow Arsenal since I was a nipper, mm-hmm. a little fella. I told you how I followed them. My mother got an Arsenal pennant from uh, Jack Gibson, who was in London. He brought it back and uh, they used to socialise together in a group and he gave it to her and she gave it to me. And I became an Arsenal fan. 1969, 70 it was. And I'm following them since then. When nobody really followed them, to be honest with you, in Ireland especially, until the Irish lads went there Liam Brady Frank Stapleton David O'Leary but anyway um, I'm following them since then but I wouldn't really be sad or upset 
if they don't win. Do you know what I mean? I follow Arsenal from a distance and I think that's the way it should be. I'm not we, us. It's not we. I follow Arsenal. It's I and we. You're fair-weathered fan. No, let me tell you. (laughs) It's I and we with Drogheda United Football Club. That's my football club. That's my town. They're my people. That's who I love. That's what, you know, hurts me when they don't do well and gives me joy when they win. My local football club. But I follow Arsenal and I love Arsenal too and I'm happy when they win. But I'd never get upset. It wouldn't annoy me. It's from a distance. Love going over to watch them. They're a fantastic football club. But they're not my first football club. My first football club and my hometown club that I love to my bones. They're my football club. And that's the difference. That's the way I look in football. And I think more people in Ireland should be following their local clubs and supporting their local clubs, which more kids are. I see it happening and there are more children. That's your club. That's their people. That's who. It re- that's where the passion is. That's what it really means to you. So tonight, come on the Gunners. What will be, will be. How's that? Ah, uh, we take that, I suppose. Will you take that? Yeah. You will. Well, we leave kind that in. Lost we there. leave that in your mind. <laughs> we, let, we, we leave that in your mind. 2-1 to you, Arsenal, we, right? You, 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 I hope you're right. I hope you're right. We'll put that in your pipe and smoke it. Anyway, up next, Cathy Mars <laughs> with us. It's not a, a pleasant day for anybody who's suffering from hay fever. We're talking about it next. I wasn't far off the mark. It's a football clacker. That's what it's known as. I, I was in and around it there. It's a football clacker. Dr. Google, I consulted there on the break. Somebody saying a vuvuzela. That's a different thing altogether. That came in with the World Cup in South Africa. I'll be back to your comments presently. Hey, Fever, I was looking at my computer this morning and the uh, the bar that moves around at the bottom of the computer, different little headlines come up, weather, other things, etc. It said pollen level extremely high. We need to talk about it. And there's only one woman for us, Cathy Marvel from Haven Pharmacy in Dalek. Hello again. Hi, Jerry. You're right. It's a lovely day, but the pollen is higher today. It certainly is. Now, before we get into the ins and outs, myself and Louise have two leading questions for you. Can you get uh, hay fever at any stage of your life? And are the people who've had it that it's gone away and left them alone? Yep, look, there's a, a mix of answers for both. Yes, you can develop hay fever or any allergy at any point in your life and I often see you know Jalik is I class it as a rural village and I often see when people move from one area out to Jalik they may be allergic to different substances in the air you can develop hay fever or any allergy at any point in your life Um, typically we will say see hay fever spike around June, July, August but we're seeing an awful lot of cases at the minute can you grow out of it as such it can ease off you can manage it better some years you may be more allergic than others. That can happen. And also, as you age, your immune response can change as well. Interesting. So there you are. Thank you so much for clarifying that. What is it at the minute? I know the day is lovely and that as well. Mind you, the weather's been very cool and changeable in the spring so far. Is it tree or the grass or what's causing it most at the moment or plants? At the minute, it's, it's tree pollens. So... From mid-March, um, I typically class St. Patrick's Day as the kick-off season. For those that are, are seasoned hay fever sufferers, mid-March, I would say, start using your preventative treatment. Um, and from March, April, May, it's the trees that are really beginning to pollinate. And it's beautiful to look out and see the buds and see the flowers to start. But for those that suffer from hay fever, it can be quite debilitating. Then coming to June, July and August, 
it's the grass pollen that really, really ramps up at that stage. And then the weeds also pollinate, so they're late July into August and September. So it can be, for some people, a six-month affair. It can be really, really distressing for them. And it's very, very common. Despite the name hay fever, Jerry, there's no temperature attached to it. Mm. But hay fever is very common. It affects about 20-25% of people in Ireland at any one time. So one in five. Mm. So it's not surprising that you might develop it at some point. If you have or family member has any other allergic conditions such as asthma or eczema, sufferers of those of one of likely to develop one of the other two, which is hay fever, asthma, eczema. So okay. if you have one in the family, you're more than likely to develop one or two others. Typically, what are the main symptoms? Because some people don't realise they have it. And then how do you get a diagnosis? So maybe the symptoms first and then how you're diagnosed. Hay fever, as I said, is an allergic reaction. So when your body reacts to something, the body perceives whatever it's reacting to as a threat. So your body goes into hyper mode. And with hay fever, the allergen, which is the thing you're allergic to, is the pollen, as we said. So the pollen is released and your immune system, which is the body's natural defence, acts as though it's being attacked. So those symptoms that we see, we see streaming, sneezing, runny eyes, streaming eyes, streaming nose. The nose can be runny or blocked, congested. You might have an itchy throat, itchy nose, itchiness of the eyes, itchy skin, itchy scalp, ears. Even sometimes the palate, the roof of the mouth can feel it. So anywhere that the pollen lands, it may land on the skin. You may breathe it in through the nostrils. The eyes can be really inflamed. And if patients do happen to have asthma as well, we have to be really extra careful because this can exacerbate or worsen their asthma symptoms and can cause a really serious um, asthma reaction and asthma attack. So diagnosing, is it a skin prick a test or end, endoscopy? How? No, we go by, by symptom description. And, you know, there are people out there wondering, God, I wonder is that what I had? I'm a mum and I have three kids. And there, I can guarantee you, at some point, most summers, when one of my children have been sneezing and sniffing for a week or two, you think, oh, sure, that's the hay fever. We tend to think this is a cold coming in. Maybe it's just a bit of a sniffle. Maybe there's something in the air. But when it's prolonged for a number of days, particularly when the pollen is high or the weather is good, then we can really pretty much distinguish that it's hay fever. Other typical signs would be the times of day that is prevalent. So when the temperature begins to rise, we think of your classic spring, summer day. The temperature begins to rise early in the morning as we're getting up around 6, 7, 8 in the morning. And we often see that's when the sneezing and the streaming eyes start. You might even see some younger sufferers actually wake up sneezing. The eyes are already congested, already watering, already puffy. And then it may ease a little bit as the day moves on. And then as the temperature drops four or five in the evening, you know those long summer evenings, the temperature begins to drop. So the pollen that has gone up into the atmosphere begins to fall back down into the atmosphere and begins to fall on ourselves as well. So then pollen symptoms, heavier symptoms can worsen again at that stage. The treatment, we have to look at preventive treatment, we have to look at daily treatment and we have to look at some non-drug treatment. So all of the things that we can do to help ourselves and those we care for to manage their symptoms of hay fever. So cover those off there. Avoiding what? 
Um, well, it's it's very very difficult to avoid pollen. So non-drug symptoms or non-drug treatments would be keeping windows and doors closed, especially at night time, even in those balmy summer evenings, if you keep the windows and doors closed at night time, pollen won't come in, you won't inhale it while you're asleep, so you're less likely to waken up with the hay fever symptoms. Taking the antihistamine to control symptoms, and one of the most common questions I would be asked by patients would be, is it okay to take an antihistamine every day? Is it safe to take that medicine every day and will I become immune to the medicine if I take it every day and my answer to all of that is absolutely if you're a hay fever sufferer I recommend using your antihistamine your oral antihistamine so a tablet or medicine that you swallow from as early as you expect the symptoms to begin so for some people it may be we class with St. Patrick's Day maybe mid-March you think right now I need to start taking my antihistamine and it's perfectly safe to continue that right through until the end of October when all pollen settles. Or if you're someone that typically only reacts to the grass pollen, you might need to start it around May, June. That's okay too. But to use the antihistamines and to use them daily to control symptoms. Other things, you mentioned eyes, and I know Louise might should tell me about her itchy, watery eyes. If you're not experiencing all of the symptoms, sometimes topical treatments such as eye drops or nasal sprays are really effective at treating just those symptoms. So you can get anti-allergy eye drops and also steroid nasal sprays. What people will often ask again is, is it safe to use a steroid every day during hay fever season? And absolutely it is. I know steroids can be associated with some significant side effects and it's right to be worried. But when you inhale that, it's literally just working on the nasal passages. So it really works to dampen down the inflammatory, the immune response of the body, and then you breathe it out again. So there's no systemic side effects, which means I've gone into the bloodstream. It's absolutely safe to do. Other things that we've talked about before, Jerry, year on year, and it's the, the old tried and tested yes. self-help practical things don't go away. We still recommend them. Applying Vaseline, the little filter inside the nostrils, or on the eyelashes before you head out in the day, that can actually prevent some of the pollen being inhaled. It can actually really act as a nice filter. Wearing sunglasses, so wrap around sunglasses, try everything you think to try and prevent the pollen landing near the eyes, near the airways. Um, try not to mow the grass and avoid working in gardens, particularly on the very, very pollen, the high pollen count day. And then when you're outdoors, wash your face, rinse your hands, maybe dip the head in the sink, Try and get the pollen off yourself when you come back indoors and remove any pollen because pollen has landed. So even if you think my face is washed, my hands are washed, it might be on the clothes. So you might still bring it in. And even in terms of when you're doing laundry and hanging it outside, if it's on a high pollen day and you have a hay fever sufferer in the house, they're more than likely going to experience hay fever symptoms worsening if there's pollen on the clothes. So it's just trying to do a lot of the prevention and then use the medicines to treat and manage the symptoms. Loads of great advice there. What about uh, hay fever and pregnancy? It can happen and a lot of women during pregnancy will experience symptoms that are even mimicking hay fever because everything swells in pregnancy, Jerry, even all the blood vessels. So particularly towards the third trimester and towards the end stage of pregnancy, an awful lot of women have a lot of runny noses, um, blocked um, nasal passages, very congested. I can't recommend any medicine for those women, unfortunately. Mm. They certainly cannot use anything that's called a decongestant. So people would know those as perhaps Lemsips or Sudafeds. They can restrict the blood vessels. They can cause a tightening or a restriction of blood vessels. And that's not safe in pregnancy. And I can't recommend an oral antihistamine. Sometimes 
depending on their condition and depending on what their consultant or their specialist services recommend. Sometimes an antihistamine may be safe towards the end of pregnancy, but we wouldn't recommend it without seeking further advice. That's uh, important, very important indeed. May I ask you this? You said at the beginning, you know, one in uh, five, heading for one in four of the population here in Ireland experience hay fever. Why is it rising? What's the undercurrent that this is happening? There's, there's lots of skills of thought on that, Jerry, and there's no real hard evidence to back it up. We've seen an awful lot of allergies increasing, whether it's the way that we're living. We're living in a much more sterile environment, and that's even pre-COVID. Um, we're seeing even an increased incidence of food allergies. You know, back when you were a young one, you didn't have heard very many being allergic to peanuts. Mm. But now it's a very real and dangerous threat within classrooms that we know. So... Th- th- the answer is, I don't know, but it's certainly on the rise and it's certainly we have to try and manage it and live our best days and enjoy the sunshine and enjoy the weather when it arrives. Yeah, and uh, you know, you, you are right there. You, when you think back years ago, you wonder as well about all these things, but they are a reality now and hay fever is really uh, debilitating for people. Days are lost at school, at work, etc. If you added all that up as well, it's a, a huge, huge problem. And I think the last thing to mention, because they're very good, Erin, keep an eye on the Erin site. They're very good, aren't they, with the pollen count? They really, really are, and it's the most reliable. And there are other, other apps on phones and other things on computers, as you said, but MedAaron, Ireland is a small country, but they really have the measure of the whole country. You can you know, delve in and see your region, but it really is. And they update it daily, and it, that's the one I'd recommend. There you go. Uh, days, weeks and months ahead to be dealt with, but no end of advice there from Cathy Maher. As usual, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Jerry. Take care. That's Cathy Marr there from Haven Pharmacy in League dealing with uh, hay fever. I just see a message there. Somebody says there was a vaccine, was there, for uh, hay fever years ago, but no longer available. God, I don't remember that. I just, I'm just after seeing a beg your pardon. I, I didn't get a chance to put that to Cathy, but I, I've never heard of that one. That's a new one, me, to be honest with you. But thanks for getting in touch with us. Late lunch, LMFM Radio, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text if you want to say anything to us on the show. Still to come this afternoon, Paul Carroll is back with us. God, it's been a while. And he has news for us. He has indeed. I have my top five countdown as well coming after three o'clock from 1977. Cracking song too. But uh, let's have a wee break. Back in a moment. What was it to say, Louise? Yeah, that product that was mentioned in Navin 399 at by 406, Beliver 450, it's the same product. It's a garlic mayo. So a different price in three different shops. It's hard to reconcile that mm. to be sure. Louise, I've just got a text message. I've just got a text into my phone here. Will I read it to you? Right, okay. From a number I don't know. Right. Don't okay. know the number at all. <laughs> this will be interesting. It says, Hi, Mum and Dad. I've changed my number. Oh. Text me now on WhatsApp to this number. Thank you. Are you going to fall for it? No. Mm. What? Hi, Mum and Dad. Would anyone reply to that? You'd be surprised. Like Would if you're they? running around and, you know, you have young kids or you have kids in their teens and you see it, you might just fall for it. Like, it's all about distraction. If if something comes into your phone and you're trying to do 40 different things at once, you you might just... So say it. I reply to that, what would happen? I don't know. I presume you press a link and it'll bring you yeah. uh, to somewhere that'll say, oh, give me your 
send me a tenner to your bank accounts or something like that. I'm at the airport. I need £500. Send it to me immediately. You remember those ones? I used to get them all the time and say, good man yourself. It's on its way to you. I remember getting one that said, uh, please ring this. Now, it wasn't a scam. It was more of a joke. Yeah. But it was like, please, I'm, I'm just over in London and I... Like I'm, I'm really stuck. Will you give me a ring? I whatever. Mm. Ring this number. And when you rang the number, you got through to Buckingham Palace. <laughs> <laughs> I love Do you that, one. that one. No? I love that one. That's a bit of fun. Yeah, no, I don't mind fun. a bit of fun. It one. wasn't a scam. But these sinister ones, you know. Mm. Hi, mum and dad. God bless you, child. Take care of yourself. Bye. Delete. It's gone. There you go. No reply from me. Late lunch. LMFM radio. Heading to top of the hour at three. News, weather, and sport in the company of the monkeys. Yes, all Arsenal fans today are this. We're daydream believers. Come on, the Gunners. Oh, I could hide beneath the wings of the bluebird as she sings. The six. The clock alarm would never ring. Hi, Jerry. Any chance you could play North London Forever? A song for all your pals in the Drogheda de Arsenal Supporters Club. By the way, you're going to get some stick at our next AGM. <laughs> I'm well used to stick, to be honest with you. Now, you see, I can't play North London forever because then I'd have to play Blue Moon for the other crowd. You know what I mean? Just to be fair. You know what I'm saying? It's a lovely song, that North London Forever. It certainly is. It's the new Arsenal anthem. I hope it's been sung across North London tonight, coming up to 10 o'clock. Let's hope so. Fingers crossed. The big game tonight, Manchester City against Arsenal. 8 o'clock kickoff, and it's on BT Sport this evening. And a number of other Premier League games, of course, on as well. It's almost 10 past 3, would you believe it? On a Wednesday afternoon, there's not a child in the house washed. But we're going to do this now. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number three from this very week in 1977. And when I tell you that this was this lady's breakthrough single, it reached number two on the US Billboard Hot Soul Singles chart and number 25 on the main chart itself in America. But it exceeded all that in this neck of the woods. And of course, we focus on the UK charts each day here on the show. And uh, this song made it to number one, ultimately, in the UK for two weeks, but it was a little later, as in May 77. And this week, the latter part of April, it was at number three in the UK. Yes, what a voice she has. It's Miss Denise Williams and Free. from this week in 1977 Denise Williams with Free described as one of the great soul voices of all time she has recorded some wonderful songs and had big hits number one hits in fact in America with Let's Hear It For The Boy you remember that one and Too Much Too Little Too Late with the great Johnny Mathis yes that's Denise Williams 71 years young and going strong with our number three in the UK charts from this week in 77 two to come tomorrow and the number one of course on Friday afternoon 
Um, what was I to mention to you there before we go to the break? Um, there was something I was to say to you and I saw it there in a message from somebody, but I'll come back to it again. I probably, oh yes, I wanted to mention this uh, because we're talking about the shopping top of the show. My shopping always costs €150 Euro every week, Jerry, but for the same shop now, it's 200 It's just not sustainable. That's a €50 Euro rise. I said many people are talking about a 40 50 €60 Euro rise in the shopping. Jerry, I'm in neutral, but I'm backing Arsenal tonight. Come on, the Gooners. And somebody else says they're up Shelburne on Monday. Draw to play Shelburne next Monday at the bank holiday. Of course, they've had a little date with Dundalk and the Derby, the loud Derby before that on Friday night. We can always manage Shelburne and Duffer. No problem at all. Or Shelburne, have they changed their name to Turkey United? There's a rumour they are. It's been too long since I had a chat with my next guest he's a wonderful man and he's in the news because he's been making his mark at Punchestown races this week a dapper dresser if ever there were one Paul Carroll hello again Hi Jerry. how are you? I'm really good thanks for joining me on the show today well you you were in the final shake up at Punchestown yesterday was it or yesterday? I sure was yes it was yesterday afternoon Jerry. um I, it was probably four years since I'd been at the races, and as you know from the past, um, I would be an av- race goer. I love, well, I love the style element of the races, and would have judged ladies' days myself mm. on different race courses. Um, so I went along with two really good friends of mine, Siobhan Daly from Siobhan Daly Designs, and lovely Caroline Duffy Designs from Dundalk, and we dressed up and went off for the day, and um, it, the style was just off the track, literally. It was an amazing, amazing day, and I was approached by a panel of judges, and they just like the look that I put together and I'll explain to you I put it together very reasonable and that was part of I suppose um, what took me to the final five um, of the Bollinger Most Stylish Person at Punchestown yesterday and history was made you didn't get the nod ultimately but they really loved your style as you said there but a gentleman won it Michael Walsh that's right. Um, the gentleman from Dublin wearing a beautiful bespoke suit, um, Jerry. The theme this year was the most stylish person. So usually at races, you, ha- you may have a best-dressed man and a best-dressed lady. Mm. But um, I suppose it's just a new take on the whole thing. And it was just the most stylish person. And basically, the judges explained, they were looking for a look, be it on a man or a woman, who just stood out to them. And uh, there were five of us in the lineup in the final. Uh, myself and Michael, who was the eventual winner, as you say, the first man ever at Punchestown, you know, to win this fabulous award. And he goes forward to the, the grand final on Friday, sponsored by Bollinger Champagne. But it was um, a very proud moment to stand there amongst those five for the first time ever at Punchestown yesterday. Yes, it was. Well, Paul, I would have picked you. I oh, loved you. I loved your outfit, Paul. I really did. I would have picked you. I thought you were the winner. Now, I'm a little bit biased here, but I'm oh, entitled to be. I'm a, but I'm being honest with you. I thought you looked fabulous. Tell us about the outfit. Um, the outfit, Jerry, was a suit I bought pre-COVID when I was on holiday, probably the last time I was abroad, and I bought it in an outlet for about €100. Euro. Um, I, bought, I got the suit, and I thought to myself, oh, the buttons are a little bit shabby on this, and I took it along to the lovely ladies there in Woolworks on West Street and Drogheda, and they changed the buttons for, like, very little money, and um, I bought the shirt and tie online for, like, €25, Euro, and a pair of shoes I bought in a sale, so I was dressed for not much money, but... It caught the judge's eye, and I suppose that's what it's all about, you know. But, Paul, that is a salutary message to everybody. You do not have to outlay a fortune, you know, to catch the eye of the judges and look really smart. 
Absolutely. It's all about how you put something together, Jerry. And, um, you know, it, it was like I wore a chocolate brown tie and a, brown, a blue shirt. Some people would say, God, I wouldn't put that together. But the amount of compliments I got yesterday, I, I said that to people, it's not about spending a fortune. You can go to your wardrobe, you can put something together. You don't have to spend. I think that's where a lot of people are misled with the whole race day fashion thing. They think, oh, you have to have thousands to spend on an outfit. My complete outfit, including shoes yesterday, was probably about 200 euro. Mm. And, you know, it took you a long way. Has it wet the appetite? Not that it need to. For the rest of the summer and beyond, are you on the circuit now? Definitely, Jerry. I am. I love. I love that element, as you know, and I've spoken to you many times before about the whole fashion scene. I love. That. I love all of that scene. Um, and yes, I will definitely be back on the circuit. And there is a whisper of maybe me being coming back as a judge on oh. race courses very soon. So oh. that I would love. Well done to you, Paul. And of course, we have to mention nearer to home yourself and the beautiful Chelsea Farrell are back again. Presenting Absolutely. the Mead Style Awards this year. Absolutely, Jerry, and it's a huge, huge honour to be invited back for myself and Chelsea. We're really good friends, and we've gotten some lovely gigs together. You know, um, yeah. it was fashion shows and stuff like that. We were we hosted the Mead Style Awards last September, and it is so lovely because they don't usually invite the same host back a second year. So for myself and Chelsea, it is wonderful. She's just an absolute dream to work with, and we work very well together. And yes, we've got that gig, and that's coming up in June of this year at the Headford Arms in Kells. So a very glamorous night. And, um, yeah, both Chelsea and I are really looking forward. And as I say, I, we just love working together. It's, it's great fun. Yes, and just to remind listeners, nominations close on May the 5th, midnight. So that date is coming around quickly. And then, as you said, the gala event in the Headford Arms on the 16th of June. And you're a great jury. You're a great tag team. I know that, the Perry. You. you work so well, so well together. In a general sense, Paul, like you mentioned, you know, how you got dressed for yesterday and were outstanding looking. In the current climate, we were talking about at the top of the show, where everyone's pressed just to meet the cost of living, Paul. You know, never mind dress yourself at all. There's plenty of options and opportunities out there to pick up, like you did, bargains and put them on and look marvellous. Absolutely. And I would be a real, I would really um, promote boutiques and local shops, you know, and um, but yes. Jerry, you, you'll always find a bargain. Even now, I have to say we met girls and we met a lovely girl yesterday from the north and she's the most beautiful dress that she paid 15 euro in a charity shop. You would stand to look at her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that conception of it's about money, it's not about money. And you could go to your wardrobe and, you know, I didn't buy anything new. This is stuff I had before COVID and then thinking to myself, will I ever wear this? And you pull it out and, you know, if everybody, man or woman, and I have to say, it's just so refreshing to see the men now making such an effort. And you can see it coming through from the younger generation, even yesterday on the race course. Groups of young lads in their suits possibly had them for Debs or grads or whatever. But, um, you know, getting dressed up and that, that great interest. And it's, just, it's lovely to see. Yeah, and that's uh, another point to make, that second-hand shops are wonderful places. People leave in there and you can pick up cracking out. It's 15 quid, my God, and a dress absolutely, was outstanding. Absolutely. Yes. It, it's wonderful. Yes, absolutely. And like for ladies, like you can hire a headpiece if that's what yeah. you want. You can hire them. They're readily available um, to hire in different places. Um, you know, as I say, it's, it's, it's not about that uh, massive spend. It's, it's just about putting a look together. You can do it on budget. Mm. And Paul, you have the eye. There's no doubt about it. You have the eye. You have the touch. You know how to uh, combine the colours and all the uh, aspects of the outfit as well. I've always seen that with you. And you just Thank get you. better. Like a good wine with age, Paul, oh, may no, I say. I don't know. I 
I don't know. Well, that's really vintage at this stage, Jerry. <laughs> Not at all, Paul. Are you joking me? That I can assure you, it never, never will be. Look, we were delighted when we saw the news that you're in the shake-up again. You're back out there and you're one of nature's nicest people, I have to say. And good luck to you with all you do over the summer and beyond ahead and with those awards and all you're working on with Chelsea as well. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been too long. Don't leave it as long, Paul. Absolutely, and Jerry, it's always a pleasure. Thanks to you and Louise. You're Not so at all. Thank You're you. very welcome. Pleasure. Take care of yourself. The wonderful Thank Paul you. Carroll there, finalist at the Best Dressed in Punchestown yesterday, and one of uh, life's real good guys, I have to say. That's uh, our lot on late lunch for this Wednesday afternoon. Eddie Caffrey standing by to come along now with the drive and more besides. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio. We're back tomorrow at 1.30 and looking forward to it already. And tonight, yes, I'm looking forward to the big match. Arsenal, Manchester City at home to Arsenal. What will be, will be. But may the best team win and may it be a great game of football. See you tomorrow, either in ecstasy or tears. Have a good evening. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.